here for another episode of the Old School Movers Podcast. My name's Mr. Lucas. I'm Chris. And on today's show, we've got it like, we've been wanting to do Kung Fu for a while, involve Kung Fu, because it's, it, 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 it was part of our childhood in a massive way. And it, it deserves it. It deserves a good talking about. So we've held back a bit, haven't we? Yeah, we, we want to wait. Have. We want to wait until the time was right. Yeah, yeah. Time Do was it right. a bit more something, justice. Yeah, there's something special arrived. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've got a guest to, to to launch our kung fu um, memories on the Osmonds podcast. And um, yeah, <laughs> who didn't love a kung fu man? All right, let's go, ladies and gentlemen. It's an honor to have this martial arts legend. Um, I saw him on my screens since I was a kid. And he's been kicking ass ever since. He's joined us now on the Old School Movements podcast. It's Mr. Bob Wall, ladies and gentlemen. Well, remember, he's 81. He's an old turkey. He's an old wall now. Sure, he can yeah. still kick your ass, though, man. He can still kick ass, though. You all got to do is see my hands, and you know if I can kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you still work out, Bob? I'm interested. Do you still work out at all? Yeah. Any... Three days a week, 81, still do the splits. Man, and people nice. say, are you fast? And I knock them out before they even <laughs> yeah. push out. Yeah. <laughs> I love then, that. Then it's get to you, but they're knocked out, right? <laughs> knocked out already. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I want to take it back, you know, back in the States, before the Kung Fu films were about, before martial arts was really known, what got you studying and what got you into martial arts? How did you get into it? Because everyone wants to be Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee wasn't about in your days when you first got into it. So what, what pulled you into martial arts? Answer to your question is, when I was 13, I was five feet tall and 93 pounds. Wow. And I had a vicious father, you can't see him here, but... I can tell you, hey, hook's car here, oh. stabbed me with screwdrivers, hit me in the face with hammers, beat me with bailing wire. So at 13, I decided I was going to kill my father or leave. And luckily, I loaded the gun. He was smoking one of his lucky strikes in the dark. And this voice said, don't kill him. There's a better way. Mm. I didn't know for years it was God spoke to me. Mm. God said, there's a better way. Don't kill him. Leave. Get out of Dodge. So I did. Mm-hmm. And I rode 168 miles in 1952. There were no street lights in America. I don't know about where you guys are. Yeah. <clears throat> but I moved in with an uncle and he had a big car lot at 10th and Keys in San Jose, where I was born. And went back from a, my dad had moved us out to a little town called Turlock. If you're going to insert the earth and enema, you'd do it in Turlock. That was that exciting of a town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> So I started washing cars, went through high school, became a mechanic. But prior to that, I got beat up by everybody. Because I was a typical, you know, abused kid. And I'm raised in a shit shack. I don't have $5. And so there's this kid named Richard Brindero. And he was 17 in the eighth grade. And he was 260 pounds. And he he had the brain of maybe a carrot, which is about 65, but he yep. shaved and drove his car. Yeah. And so he beat me up again, <clears throat> but it was a real bad mistake this time. He beat me up, but I had to ride 18 miles each way on my little bike from my shit shack. And he took my bike and put it on a drinking fountain, which used to sick up like that. And he broke all the spikes and spokes. Mm-hmm. And then he took a switchblade and he cut all the tires. And so then, you know, I cried as usual. 
But then I snapped. I became the psycho that I am today. <laughs> I was a sniper in the I army. Switched. I killed a lot of people in, in respect to my country. But that's the day I became a psycho. He went in the bathroom, I picked up a brick, he walked out and I smashed him in the face and I popped an eye out, broke seven of his teeth, his nose, jaw. Wow. He was never the same again. That's he almost died. But mm. I was disappointed because I was trying to kill him. But <laughs> right. I took the bloody brick around every kid in school and I said, listen, you ever beat me up again, I'm going to kill you. Mm. And I'll take a rock, a bat, a tree, a club. I'll take a rock and jump on a roof and I'll jump off and crush your skull. I will kill you. So I went oh, psycho. Well, everybody was scared shitless of me, even though I was five feet tall, 93 pounds. Yeah. And, yeah. but then about, you know, six or eight months later, I, I had the incident going to kill my father and God spoke to me and said, don't do it. Yeah. So I left. I got hooked on martial arts because I started wrestling when I was 14 at five feet, 93 pounds and an era of 93 pounds, 98 pound weaklings. And I got the shit kicked out of me. I.e. I got my butt kicked thoroughly. <laughs> First yeah. year. Second year, I said, well, if I'm going to get my butt kicked, I want to pick Bubba. I want to pick the big guys, you know? So I started yeah. wrestling only with the big guys. And of course I got my butt kicked thoroughly. But after a month or two, they started, I don't know if they felt sorry for me or what, but mm. I was like a bad penny. I kept coming back <laughs> I would take the beatings and I would come back and back and back. And I think maybe they got tired of beating my ass. Mm. So second year, I won a few, but by the third year, I went undefeated. Fourth year, I went undefeated. Then I got a scholarship wow. to San Jose State. And then I went there and I'm a wise ass. Now I'm five, seven hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like me today if I knew me then, because I was a real wise ass. Mm. I got the fastest corvette in the world. I wear a white Moana hat. I go out with a hot uh, blonde and a hot brunette. Yeah. And and I have them set my car up. I'm sitting there with my Moana hat and I kick everybody's ass and I come back and <laughs> the hotties. <laughs> I think they were more jealous of the hotties than my corvette. But anyway, I got hooked on martial arts because of wrestling, because of getting my ass kicked. And then I go to judo and I got my ass kicked. And then I became a black belt in 1957, signed by Jigoro Kano's son, Rise. And so 1957, I decided I'm gonna move to LA and train with the world's baddest MF on the planet to this day. There is nobody that can beat Gene Mabel, and he's 88. He created MMA. So I became one of his black belts in 59. And then I studied everything. I got many, many, many black belts, legitimate, not yeah. bought. Yeah. And I studied Thai boxing. I studied American boxing. I studied jujitsu. So I'm a wrestler, judo guy. And different than the average bird, I went to the street and tested my theories. I got what really worked. Real survival, real combat. This is why I have so many broken hands and shit. Yeah. But there were a lot yeah. of cheeks and jaws and shit. But anyway, I field tested martial arts. And so I know what works and what doesn't work. So I invite anybody to come over and kick my ass today at 81. And I can assure you, it'll be embarrassing for your dumb ass. So, I'm so sure did you actively pick fights on the streets to test it? No, I never did. I never started a fight. I never hit anybody first. But honestly, I don't like bullies. Mm. I don't like egotists. I don't like bad people. Of course I like not. good people like you guys. I like documentary makers. I like history seekers and creators yeah. and so on. But anyway, so and I uh, decided I'm going to work for myself. And uh, so my last job was as head bartender at Whiskey and Gobo. 
which is the hottest club in the world in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saved enough money to open my first school. You know, my then girlfriend, Lillian Isamoni, I'm Irish, she's Sicilian. Mm-hmm. And we opened our first school. And, and then I gave Joe Lewis, who was one of the great, great, great one fighters. Of one of the great. Uh, he was my partner and I gave him half of the school. Mm-hmm. He got out of the Marine Corps, 65, and he had about $40. Didn't have a car. So I moved in with me and we lived together and trained and he was way better than me. And so again, now I'm doing stand-up fighting. He kicks the shit out of me daily. So I guess if you have anything to say about Bob Wallace, he's had his ass kicked by everybody. You kick my ass, he won't be kicking a virgin's ass, I can assure you. But you're still here to tell the town. That's the thing, though. You're still about. Well, I think it's a, a little more challenging to kick my ass today at 81 than it was then. <laughs> but then I got I got to meet the great Bruce Lee in 1963, yeah. and at a kung fu demonstration. Was that the, in, the international? Was that the international where he showed the one inch? Punch? No, no, no. So it was one week after he beat up Wong Man Jack, yeah. who would like to hide the facts, in spite of a dozen people were there with him getting his ass kicked. And Bruce beat the hell out of him. So it was a week later, Gene LaBelle always told me, go train with everybody. Everybody's got something good. So yeah. I went to watch this Kung Fu demonstration with a guy named Bob Osman, who unfortunately has passed away. But for martial arts, he was a big guy, 6'2", 230. Most of us were smaller. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I went and watched this demonstration and this clown, I think he's still alive, named Chris Chan. So if I'm lying, Chris, call me and we can have a rematch, motherfucker, after I knocked your dick stiff. <laughs> anyway, he starts talking shit about, oh, I see karate people here. <laughs> it was about six of us Milo's, i.e. non-Chinese. <clears throat> and he says, I'll show you Kung Fu is better than karate. And uh, so he said, anybody wants to come up here, karate people, you can hit me as hard as you want. Oh, three guys run up there. It's about six of us. We didn't go. But anyway, two guys went up there. What do they do is shooto chops. Now that was a real 63. Okay. Yeah. He puts his arm in. Now it's not hit me as hard as you want. Don't hit me in the nose, the teeth, the ear, the head, yeah. or the stomach. Just hit me in my arm. Chop his arm. Which yeah. is extended in the air. So I'm going, oh, this is a bunch of BS. Anyway, so they go <laughs> chop, chop, chop. Of course, they didn't hurt him. Then he says, all right. You know, the usual company. <laughs> and he says, uh, he says, now I will break your arm. This is good old Chris Chan from San Francisco, punk yeah. motherfucker. If this is not true, please call me. We'll have a rematch, punk. So anyway. It's out there again. So yeah. they they did their little judos and he said, all right, put your arm on I'll break your arm. And I go, and they, they didn't buy in to getting their arm broken, so they left. So I'm standing there, I'm going, hey man, you can break my arm, show me. I can't wait, I like, show me. Don't talk me to death, show me. So I go out there and he whack, whack, whack. It was pretty clever. Took two fingers and whacking me between the wrist and the hand. Mm-hmm. And of course, it doesn't break my arm. But he did raise a wealth. I give him credit. He hit hard. But uh, wasn't exactly an arm breaker. So <laughs> yeah. after about eight or nine or ten, I kept saying, break my arm. You said you were going to break my arm. Show yeah. me. Break my arm. Don't talk me to death. So finally, I just reach out. And I got freaky long arms. Believe me when I tell you, you got to be They're six, long. six to have arms like anyone. Yeah. I'm a freak. Okay. <laughs> For a guy six feet, 190 pounds. But anyway. So I just reached out and slap him. Spins around, falls down, and pretends he's knocked out. <laughs> he's laying there with his little feet fluttering. <laughs> By the way, Chris, if this is not true, call me up. We'll have a rematch. 
So anyway, so anyway, I all of a sudden I realized I'm standing there. I still had my bourbon and soda in my left hand. Mm. I just stepped forward, and all of a sudden I look at 200 Chinese faces. I'm like, oh, <laughs> probably just got myself killed. These fucking yeah. Chinamen have knives and shit. So yeah. I quickly walk off stage. Now today I could do stand-up comedy for three days, but in those days I didn't know one joke. So anyway, I walk up. I go to Osmond. He goes. We have to get the hell out of here. I think you just got us killed. Let's go. <laughs> we don't want to run real fast like jackrabbits, but let's go to the door. So we're yeah. walking to the door. All of a sudden, this is tough looking guy walking straight at me. It's, oh, no, I'm not him out first. Guy sticks his hand and he says, I'm Bruce Lee. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I <laughs> wow. He said, you're as bad as I am. I said, oh, okay. We went outside talk for four hours and we became best friends. And that's how I met. Oh, Late that's Bruce Lee. And I oh, fell in love with him. He yeah. was brilliant, he was kind, he was charismatic. But let me tell you, he wasn't exactly the martial artist that he was 10 and a half years later when I got through teaching him crescent kicks, heel kicks, spinning back kicks, side kicks, etc. Yeah. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. Why am I the only man alive to be in yeah. all these movies? Because he beat the shit out of me. <laughs> before every scene, before every scene, we were so close. And I'd say, he'd say, Well, I'm gonna break something. I go, I, Fucking Chinaman, you can't break dip. <laughs> you know? and, and so then he proceeded to just kick the shit out of me. So and they were full on. Time, we did every scene four or five times. I'd go, well, you're not too smart. I mean, <laughs> you're really not too smart. It's one thing to take one or two or three of Bruce's kicks or punches. About the fourth time, you're going, it doesn't say smart Bob on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bob. Because some of those kicks that you took in Enter the Dragon were kind of harsh, weren't they? They looked full on. They looked full on. Kind of hard. He was trying to break me. (laughs) I I, I heard one of the side kicks where where it threw you into the crowd. You actually landed on someone and broke their arm. One of the one of the. um... Well, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that happened at the end because we were doing real deal fighting. Mm, Any professional fighter watches our fight scene, you know, there's no fake BS. You watch him kick me in the head. You watch him Mm. kick me in the groin. And I got lots of pictures of people who want to see me three feet off the ground. He's kicking me in the groin. I wonder if he was really kicking me. Oh, of course. So, you, yeah, yeah you we were buddies. And yeah. I harassed him. I'm, it doesn't say smart Bob up here. Yeah. I got out, you little chime in, you can't break shit. So three months, he's trying to break me. Well, I was one sore MF. I was some beat up guy. But I took it. Yeah. I'm a warrior. What about, what about that flip kick? In the dragon, did Bruce Lee do that, or was that a stuntman? That was stuntman. He uh, didn't do backflips. Yeah, do back- but you know yeah, what? I heard that. We were making a movie, yeah. and Bruce Lee, in my opinion, humbly, is the greatest film fighter of all time. Yeah. Besides being a great human being, quite yeah. bright, unbelievably charismatic, unbelievably talented martial artist, but no, he didn't do the backflip. Yeah. I get the kind of perception that Bruce Lee was very grounded in his whole physical appearance. He looked after himself and he was very um, uh, disciplined um, in, in, in everything that he'd done from eating to fighting. What was he like off camera, like when you weren't filming and that? What was- you know what's funny? He was off camera 90% what he was on camera. That's all he right. was just, he was brilliant. He was kind. One of his best friends was Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And Kareem, when I met him, was Lou Alcindor. Going to UCLA, and mm. seven foot two, 120 pound black man mm. who was getting his ass kicked. He's going to the pros, so he decided he'd start training with Bruce Lee. And he would come every Saturday with Chuck Norris and I. And we were like a freak show because you got Kareem, 
black man, seven two, with mm. Bruce Lee, seven five seven, Chinaman, right? Mm. With Chuck yeah. Norris, half Indian, red man. Yeah. I was the only uh, white guy in the group. Yeah. yeah. And we'd go almost every Saturday for a couple of years. Bruce would take us down to Chinatown and we'd do dim sum. Now, here's what's funny about Bruce. Here's what's different. I love this. So, the first time Chuck Norris, I go down there to meet him, and he had these three favorite restaurants in Chinatown for dim sum. And, and then we walk in and we say, We're here to meet Bruce Lee. Where's Bruce? Oh, him in kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> Absolutely in the kitchen. We go in the kitchen. He has a he has a table, cloth, everything, silver, everything. And he and Kareem are sitting there, Lou, in those days. <laughs> and I go, what are you doing back here? Some China waiters fit in soup. Don't want to fit in soup. I see food come right from China cook to my table. I said, okay, I, like I got it. I love that. Uh, I can imagine you saying that. I can imagine Bruce saying that. You mentioned there a bit, Bob, about about your your gym, your dojo that you, you went in um, and bought and got hold of with Joe Lewis. But he sold his half to Chuck not not long after having it. And I heard a story about you bumped into a guy called Arnold one time while you were, while you were at your gym. Talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the guy. Yeah, I heard you bumped into him one time. <laughs> well, I know Arnold very well. Good man. Brilliantly talented, probably, if not the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Funny SOB, very smart. You know, I give him all the credit in the world. I heard you helped him move into his first apartment. Like he, he, You were one of the first he sort of contacted when he came over to the States back yeah. in, in the day. Yeah, I was actually there to rent him his first apartment. <clears throat> it was very That's funny. Amazing. Chuck Norris and I, he's showing us the apartment, Santa Monica. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, yeah. we walk into his bedroom. And he was known as the Austrian Oak. So I got a big kick out of it. Because we walk in his bedroom, he's got this awesome oak bedroom, bed. Oh. So he and Chuck go in the bathroom. Well, I've been in the bathroom before, so I didn't bother. I didn't think I needed another education. But he's got two stacks of wood that look like uh, mail slots. So it was a slat uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, here, and then another stack on the top. So being the noisy little turkey that I am, I'm Irish, so you got to give me a little credit. Mm. So I pick out one of these pamphlets, and it says, $2.95, how to develop the outer head of the tricep. Mm. I put it back, I open the second one. $2.95, how to, little pamphlet, yeah, yeah. how to develop the inner head of the tricep. So Arnold walks out with Chuck, and I go, how many goddamn heads are on a tricep? He says, hey, you sell all the body parts. He was making a few thousand a month. He hadn't been here two months. Wow. But anyway, he's, wow. he's the character. Smart I love guy. him. He's Smart very guy. talented, brilliant actor, phenomenal bodybuilder, yeah. funny SOB, but yeah. immoral as anybody I've ever known. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you teach him any martial arts? Did he want to learn martial arts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always liked the big guys, you know. Uh, yeah, I taught Lou Ferrigno and him, and I choked out Will Chamberlain and a few oh. other people. I'm a choke master. So I got these freaky long arms, so I always like choking out big guys. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I gave him a few lessons. But but in exchange, Chuck Norris and I went to Arnold and Lou, and we didn't know crap about bodybuilding. Mm. And I, we got so much knowledge from Arnold and Lou, and they're both phenomenal because they use lighter weights, but they supinated me and dumped they didn't yeah. go for the big heavy weights. Yeah, yeah. But they were very specific about technique. And I'm very specific. I've choked out thousands of people. Mm. So it's all about technique. It's not strength. Yeah. And so 
I admired that. But yeah, Arnold and Lou Ferrigno both taught Chuck and I. In fact, Carl's Chuck's real name, I loved to death. Uh, he said, when he was 49, he said, my 50th birthday, I want to have the best body I've ever had. I said, okay. So we're buddies. We're really close. I'm older than him, but I give respect to the youngers. Yeah. And since he was better in karate than I was, and I was better in business <laughs> than he was. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I bought him three months training, private training with Lou Ferrigno. But being the clown that I am, the wise ass, being Irish, and you know, my father was one quarter English, uh, but I'm a wise ass. I come by it honestly, you know, English, yeah. Irish. So anyway, I set him up and I basically allude that we're going to, he was single then, we're going to go to a sexual interlude. I don't say <laughs> it, but I kind of promote that thought. So we go to Louis's house in Santa Monica. And at that time, uh, he's moved since then, but he had a long driveway and a detached garage, which tells you it was a real old house. Yeah. <laughs> but he had turned into a magnificent gym. So anyway, I had him have his gorgeous blonde wife come out and she kind of just waved, you know, at Carlos and I as we're yeah. walking down this yeah. driveway. And so and then she ducks and dodges and goes in the back. Louie's there, 335 pounds of him, right? Yeah. So we walk in and of course, Carlos thinks, we're going to have a sexual interlude. <laughs> but I'm not, so I can't take a chance, right? So anyway, yeah. we walk in. All of a sudden, Louie walks out. He darkens the fucking sky. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't work out. Yeah. Carlos looks at me and he says, you son of a... doesn't swear. But he substituted and was able to convey to me his displeasure in yeah. transferring a sexual excursion to having to work out with this monster, Lou Ferrigno, who then proceeded to kick the shit out of us. Um, if I remember correctly, I think I puked first. Oh, we nice. Put it all out. But anyway, put you for your paces. So Carlos said, You did this to me. You got to take the entire three months. So we did. Right. And Louis is amazing. He's just amazing. So we had a blast. Nice. We've had so much fun. I, I have met so many fabulous people yeah. in life. I mean, you yeah, know, nice. not only did I teach Ford. Reagan, my favorite, and Bush. I taught Elvis Jack Pounce, Frank Keith, Paul Newman. I've been wow. so blessed. I have the greatest life in the history. Yeah, of yeah. The there's, there's an array of people that you've worked with, that you've trained, you know. And like when when Kung Fu martial arts movies came out to the UK, we saw a lot of the you know the you know the classic um, Kung Fu's like the like um, the Thundering Mantis and the Drunken Masters and so on, all, all the early Jackie Chan films. But when Enter the Dragon hit the scene. It was like an explosion. It was like something that we've never seen before. We had all these different characters from around the world um, converging on one island um, to battle it out to be the best. And your character really stood out for me because, to be honest, when I was a kid, I hated your character. You were such an evil dude. You know, you made you weren't alone. <laughs> Everybody I met for two years says, "I hate you." I hated you tried your to character. Hurt Bruce. Yeah, you tried to hurt Bruce. You made his sister kill you herself. The shit out of yeah, me. it was just like Bruce, kill him, kill him. And when you was gonna fight, when when you and Bruce had to fight each other, I was like, "This is the time when I'm gonna see Bruce kick this dude's ass." And um, that fight scene just stays in my mind. So, for so many reasons. The best, First, the yeah. balls don't hit back scene. Was that improvised? Was that in the script? We had a blast. Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris were my buddies, and I wanted to do whatever they wanted. Right. So you, you'll get a kick out of this. So Bruce calls me and says, okay, after I did Way of the Dragon for $75 a week, by the way. <laughs> and I'm making way more than that. Mm. And he says, I want you to play this part 
And at the time it was Okata. I looked at the script. I said, F off. I was going to ask you about that. I don't look like an Okata. I'm Irish. It's O'Hara. So I named myself. Okay. But anyway, I love that kid. And, and he was the greatest film fighter of all time. So I give him so much respect. I've heard Bob. I've heard Bob. But in between um, takes in it and the dragon also that Bruce Lee didn't mind old Doobie or two. Of course he did. Yeah. Bruce Lee was a great human being. Yes, he did marijuana. I never knew about it because for years I told him, I said, if you do drugs, don't come around me. Don't bring it around me. But yeah, he smoked marijuana. But 1972, I I, I was teaching a, 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 a writer, a, a producer, and he was brilliant. And he wrote a film called Alice B. Tuplis. Look it up, Alice B. Tuplis. And it was about marijuana being cooked into cookies. Mm. And so I, I, I had to take a break. I said, look, I'm gonna go for three months. I gotta be in, 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 in Rome, I gotta be in Italy and I, I can't teach you. So I had to cancel all my private lessons. And this guy, Larry, was brilliant. But anyway, he wrote Alice B. Tuchel's. So he, when he found out I was going to work with Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris, he gave me a copy of the movie. Mm. No, I don't know shit. I don't know how to spell marijuana. Mm. <laughs> fact, nobody ever says you go smart Bob. Mm. Particularly if you spar Muhammad Ali, you're not very smart. Okay. <laughs> he always wanted to box me. I said, does it say stupid Bob up here? No, baby. I'm going to spinning leg sweep you. I'm going to yeah. fake front hook and round kick you in the head. But no, baby. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to spar the phenomenal, amazing, unbelievable one of my heroes, Muhammad Ali. But I could kick his ass because I have a few tools he didn't have. But anyway, so I go over there and I, I never watched the film. I, to this day, I've never watched yeah, it. Yeah. LSP2. I gave it to Bruce. Well, I don't know. That's the first time I knew he did marijuana. So we're in this hotel on the Via Veneta, Rome. He runs down to the hotel. I don't know what he handed, 50 bucks, 100 bucks to the chef. Mm. Comes back up. He's got marijuana. Not in cookies, in brownies. <laughs> oh. And he tries to give me one. I said, hey, hey, hey. I try to give him a glass of wine. He spit it out. He said, this is piss. And I said, well, this is shit, too. I'm not eating that crap. But anyway, <laughs> rest of our life, which was 72 to 73, Every time we trained every day and on the set, off the set, whatever. I love this kid. You, you go to this son of a bitch's house and every room has a, a weight machine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. In this GD kitchen. He had a universal gym. I mean, yeah. he had punching, everything. Anyway, we ran together a lot. And so anyway, we would go upstairs when we were in Hong Kong, we were doing Into the Dragon and he had a two story house. And the second story, he had this refrigerator and he'd run over there and he'd get his brownies. <laughs> I'm the problem. I created the brownies from Alice B. Douglas, but I don't do it. Yeah. They said, you want a brownie? I said, no, give me a glass of wine. Okay, give me brandy, give me whiskey, give me champagne, but I don't want any of those. Anyway, so we were opposites, but it cracked me up because I've never done any drugs. Fucking Bruce, after two marijuana-laced brownies, yeah. He would burn the carts up, rub, 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 back and forth to the refrigerator. Five, six, eight, ten, twelve, and he was like, he was like nobody else. Yeah, yeah. he was very, very exotic and very, very busy. Let's yeah. just say he wasn't exactly Mister Calm like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, anyway, you're very calm. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he'd say, "You want a brownie?" No, you have a brownie. I'll have a glass of wine. 
<laughs> Two or three brownies later. Hi, Fred. How are you doing? And then he raced back to <laughs> and ate half of the refrigerator. So wow. made him he, lo he, he, lo he loved his brownies. Bruce, Bruce loved his Brucey bonuses, man. He loved his brownies then, right? Love these <laughs> anyway, I'm giving you insider stories, but yes. I the important thing is I love that kid. Yeah. I think he was one of the most brilliant martial artists of all time. Yeah. Uh, he right. and Chuck Norris and Joe Lewis and a few others. Yeah. Jim Harrison, Pat Burleson. I mean, I, I trained with the best. Yeah. And uh, what do you think of guys like Steven Seagal and John Claude Van Damme? He's a punk. He's a punk. Little weasel. I stood on his fake, foot, fake, 1998. Fake I jammed my forehead in his face and I said, Who's that? You start Steve, off finish. Steven Seagal. And he, he cried. He's a punk. Yeah. Steven Seagal is a chicken shit, fat ass <laughs> punk. So I guess you don't like him then, Bob. Uh, I have no respect for him. You know what? Why is that? If Tell you're a martial what? artist, you give respect, you get it. Yeah. If you give disrespect, you get it. I don't like punks like Steven Seagal, fat pigs, you know that are give no respect to anybody but themselves. Come on. I stood on his foot, jammed my forehead in his face. I said, you start off finish. And he cried like a little bitch. He's a wuss. So you're He's saying you pussy. beat him up. You said you beat shit up punk. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is a chicken shit punk. And you beat him up? Uh, no, I just stood on his foot and scared <laughs> the shit out of him. Let's just say that he had doo-doo in his underwear. Let's just say I gave him Polish underwear, yellow on the front, brown on the back. And he did, He's a and he, chicken shit punk. And he didn't do nothing about it. He, he just he just let you do that. And do well, no, he did. He cried. <laughs> I don't want to fight you. Wow. I'm afraid of you because yeah. you're a killer. Mm. No shit, you punk motherfucker. Wow. Wow. When's the last yeah. time you saw him? When's the last time you saw Steven Seagal? Oh, my God. 98, when I stood on his foot, jammed my foot in his face and said, right. you start, right. I'll finish. You punk. And he cried. <laughs> he it. cried like That's a little witch. He's a bitch. He's what a about John Claude Van Damme? What did you think of him? Well, I'm sad to say I started his career. Started writing me letters in 82 when he was Jean-Claude Van Varenberg. And, oh. and, and the usual right. letters in those days. Because I'm world professional champion. So I actually get, you know, before even I did Bruce Lee mm. movies, I get a lot of calls. Mm. And, and he said, I'm a huge fan of yours in the great race, Bruce Lee. I got six of his letters I mm. saved just in case. Just like Steven Seagal article, I want you to see the facts, not the fiction. Yeah, yeah I deal yeah. in facts. So the little weasel says, well, I'm a big fan of yours and the great late Bruce Lee and blah, blah, blah. And then 99 questions about Bruce Lee and one about me. And I go, oh, I Aww. guess I know who your arrow is. Yeah. So anyway, several letters later when I said, I don't have a fan club. I don't have a movie studio. I do this on my own. Hmm. We're done. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Jean-Claude Van Varenberg. Oh my God, Mr. Wall, six letter. I'm coming to America. I want to be a movie star. If I could just get a picture with you, it means so much to my career. Mm. Okay, come on. The day he arrives, unfortunately for little weasel, little dead, Jean-Claude Van Damme, fake punk who can't fight. <laughs> I don't, I like real martial arts. I don't like punks. Right. I don't like needle dicks. Mm. Anyway, so he comes. And who's there but Chuck Norris and Bill Wallace, Superfoot, real, you know, middleweight champ. Yeah. And he walks in, and of course, I'm Mr. Hero. Mm. But as soon as he sees Chuck Norris, he pushes me out of the way. Oh. He goes, oh my God, Mr. Norris. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, 
next thing he goes out to his car and gets a gig and comes back in. And he's like in his 20s, this is 85, and we're in our 40s. So you know what 20 year old thinks when you're in your 40s, you're one step from the grave. Mm. Let me tell you, 20 year olds, you might be making a mistake. Oh yeah, because you're in your prime. I got on my, right up my wall here, age and treachery will always overcome youth and skill. Yeah. You don't want to fuck on an old man because no longer does a life sentence mean the same to us. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So exactly. we'll kill you. Exactly. And we're not going to spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> I will fuck you up 40 ways from Sunday. Anyway, the weasel comes in and I say, if we do 50 or something, do 10. Well, 30 minutes later, he's puking his guts out. And we got two and a half hours to go. So he's a weasel. He's a phony little chicken shit. But because Chuck Norris was there, he felt sorry for him. And he hired him as a as a weasel gopher. And that's how he met Manahum Golan. And that's how he got his first part. Bloody, blood sport. Okay. And then the second film failed. And they told him they were going to get rid of him when they went to do his third film. And he begged me to get my black belt, Dennis Alexio, who co-starred in the film set up all the fight scenes, his highest grossing movie today because of Dennis Alexio, my black man. 60 Amazing. and one, greatest heavyweight kickboxer of all time. Amazing. So Bob, going back to End of the Dragon, the fight scene with the glass bottles, I heard Bruce got injured during that. What was that about? Bob Klaus was a terrible director and didn't like Bruce Lee and Bob Wall because we were not actors. Mm, we were only yeah, martial yeah. artists. So he, um, started this BS about, you know, use real glass, it'll be realistic. Yeah. Now Bruce yeah. and I were cool with it, but Bruce said, you see in real fighting, <clears throat> if you guys are real fighters, your forward weapon, whatever it's left or right, that's what you throw. Yeah. You throw your closest weapon, okay? But in film fighting, it's just the reverse. You have to do it slower. So Bruce was standing right leg forward, and he said, and I'm standing left leg forward. And he said, okay, Bob, you're gonna, these are real, real glass. So mm. there's real danger here. We're not there's kidding around. Yeah, there's mm. a chance. Break the bottles. <clears throat> and if you go back and look at the end of the dragon scenes, you'll see several takes where I break the, I got a short one and then I got a long one and I got a long one and I got a short one anyway. So we do the scene and Bruce said to me, beloved brother, he said, Bob, I want you to try to stab my right pet. And I'm looking at him, I know him pretty well after 10 and a half years. Mm. So I don't have to ask him twice. Mm. My character, O'Hara, hates his ass. So I'm in character. Mm. I hate Bruce Lee's ass. You understand? Mm. Yeah. He said, don't come at me with the front bottle, come out with the back bottle because that gives me time yeah. to show it on screen. And so he's got to hit me between the wrist and the elbow. He's standing right leg forward. You go back and look at the scene, you'll see it. Yep. He's standing right leg forward with a kick I showed him, I trained him, crescent kick. So we're doing the scene and he says, Bob, I want you to try to stab me with the bottle in your right hand, which my left hand was forward. So normally I would throw my forward weapon, but that's not screen fighting. That's real fighting, that's street fighting but I got to come at him with a backhand. So there's time for the camera, no matter how fast, to see it. He yeah. said, try to stab my right peck. Now, I'm not trying to stab him as left peck. I'm not trying to stab him in the groin. I'm not trying to stab him in the thigh. I'm following direction. 
from mm. the greatest film fighter of all time, Bruce Lee. Mm. My job is to try to stab his right peck. So we do it five, six times, perfect. The last time I come out and previously he hit me between the wrist and the elbow. My bottle flies away. Mm. But this last time he hit me behind the elbow because I'm trying to stab his ass. I'm not, he's not my buddy anymore. I hate this son of a bitch. I went well into character. <laughs> Kill this fucking Chinaman. Oh, horror, no. So I'm trying to stab him, but it's mistiming on both of our parts. I'm not going to lay it all the blame on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting faster and faster because I'm getting more hate. It's a yeah. six or seven take. Hits me behind the elbow. Guess what? My arm does not fly. Therefore, he jams his fist into the bottle. Uh, That's right. only that good. Yeah. Right. So certain dummies, I won't name them, that don't know shit, said Bob Wall didn't throw the bottle away. Well, listen, you stupid motherfuckers, whoever you are, wherever you are, die. Because I wasn't instructed to throw the bottle away. I was instructed to stab Bruce Lee in the right peck. That's what he told you to do. Exactly what he told you to do. He was standing right leg forward and he jammed his fist into yeah. the bottle, yeah. which wasn't yeah. there if he hit me between the wrist and the elbow. Yeah. That's how he yeah. got cut. Oh. It's a fact. No bullshit. Of all the cast members in Enter the Dragon, all the fighters you had, you had John Saxon, Jim Kelly, yourself, Bruce Bolo, Lee, Bolo. Who was the strongest? Who was the hardest in your eyes? Who's the hardest? Yeah. It was the toughest, the toughest, the toughest. fighter. Oh, by far, Bruce Lee. Barring Bruce Lee. Barring Bruce Lee, who who was the toughest? Well, well, there was no second place. But you know, I'm a world professional champion. Mm. I'm undefeated. I, I'm looking at my poster right now. It says, first world professional karate champions, uh. Joe Lewis, super heavyweight, Bob Wall heavyweight. Mike Stone, light heavyweight. Chuck Norris, middleweight. Skipper Mullins, lightweight. Names, names. We're the so real saying, deal, motherfuckers. We are so the real deal. <laughs> they were the best of the best. You just read out the yeah, best of the yeah. best. And nobody on that poster killed people except me. So I'm not bragging. I just happen to be a killer. My money's on you, Bob. My money's on you, Bob. <laughs> so, so you've answered my question then, Bob. Amazing. Listen, Amazing. I love Jim Kelly. I hired him. And Steve Sanders Muhammad. If you go back, when Jim Kelly walks into a dojo, he has to walk up and bow to his instructor, who is Steve yeah. Muhammad. Oh, okay. Steve Sanders Muhammad. Steve Sanders Muhammad is a dear friend, number one, phenomenal yeah. martial artist, number two, yeah. superior bad motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> but he created, he and a buddy of his created the BKF, Black Karate Federation. Back in the days when the only way you got a point if you were black <laughs> was to buy it. And so we needed to create the BKF. Anyway, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So I hired, I wanted him in the movie. I loved Jim. Only the second film he ever did. He did a Latini part in Belinda. He had no experience, but he was mm. tall, handsome, good martial artist, and a really good guy. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, in my opinion, and I, I feel sad that he's gone with us because he was a good man, but yeah. he hit the ball out of the yeah, park yeah, yeah. for Especially, black people. Yeah, he was safe and influential. Yeah. He was all worried. I said, yeah. Jim, do I love you? Yes. Okay. Just be you. I read somewhere that Klaus cut out some backstory for O'Hara, that there was going to be like a backstory showing you how you became Han's bodyguard. And that all got 
Robert Klaus cut it all out the, out the film I, I read somewhere. Well, if you hear anything bad about Bob Klaus, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was an asshole. I would have liked to have seen some O'Hara backstory in the film. I thought I think he was I, an asshole. Let me tell you what he did after Roots got cut, and he was out for a week. Mm. And he and I trained every day, but we couldn't train. Doctors get a really bad, serious cut because mm -hmm. he jammed his fist into the bottle. Mm. And we're not kidding around. If you guys are real martial artists, you know when you're not kidding around. Mm. And so the second day after the cut, Freddie Weintraub, whom I love, one of the few honest men in Hollywood, came to me and he said, you got to leave Hong Kong. I said, why? Well, Bruce is going to kill you. He said, really? Fuck you. Let's go to the house right now. We went over to Bruce's house and he asked him, he said, well, the rumor is that you're going to kill Bob Owens. Are you kidding me? I love Bob. There's no chance. He's the only man alive that's been in all my movies. No chance. It's not going to happen. So he said, well, let's call a few of these asshole rumor starters. Mm -hmm. So again, I speak Cantonese. Well, I listened to him. I was calling five or six people. How did this rumor get started? Bob Klaus. Where'd you hear the rumor? Bob Klaus. Where'd you hear the rumor? Bob Klaus. Wow. So Bruce and, and Freddie and I get in the car and drive back to the hotel. Same hotel I'm staying in. Mm. Walk mm. in the fifth floor where this little weasel, lousy <laughs> director Bob Klaus is. We open the door and I slap the little son of a bitch. Now, I'm a freak. Like I told you, I got freaking yeah. going you better yeah. be six six. You won't have one. Like <laughs> or a dick, by the way. That's another story. But I slapped the son of a bitch. He falls on the floor. I stand on his hand. I twist it back and forth because I'm an evil, sadistic, mean son of a bitch if I have to be. And I said, "You better stop the rumors, you punk ass, bald ass piece of shit. You're never going to finish this film because you're going to be in an ambulance ride to the hospital and you won't hear the siren." <laughs> and Bruce said, yeah, and we walked out. No more rumors. But right. three years later, when he was safe in Seattle, yeah. you know, I was looking at a book that said, oh, Bob Wall was going to kill Bruce Lee. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I got a big hammer. I do left hand, right hand. I go, come on. <laughs> when you're safe, say it to my face, MF. Yeah. See how yeah. it works out for you. Yeah. I love... <laughs> I love your negotiation with people, Bob. It's, 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 it's a very unique <laughs> form of negotiations you have with people in your past. I like it. I like it. And I'm open today for any invitations that bad motherfuckers think they want to come over and beat me up. Wow. I'm here. Hey, I'll send a limo. For wow. You. I'll send a limo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that attitude. I love that attitude. That's a good attitude to have at your own. Wow. Bob is ready. Bob, anyone wants to have it out, Bob is ready to fight. I'm ready. <laughs> Bring violence to me, baby. You got the uh, right guy. Bob's at the 81, right time. and he's offering the whole world out. Sniped or beat up. Come to Bob Wall. <laughs> hey, but Bob, don't you want an easy life now? Don't you just want to just chill, smoke, drink your whiskey, and, and, and just chill? Wouldn't you rather that now instead of offering out the world? <laughs> Main thing I don't want to do is piss off Master Glenn or my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's One, your because my sex life depends on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a retired whore. And two, I don't want to get beat up by Master Lynn. Yeah, that's that's fair enough, man. That's totally fair you enough. You know what? You know what? In life, certainly when I, I clicked 70 
I don't want to deal with clowns, jerks, bad guys, bullies, Steve, uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Seagull. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, mate. <laughs> Give me good people. Give me honest people. Yeah. Give me yeah. real deal. I'm not the best martial artist. I'm just the baddest. And I'm going to outlast your ass. So I stay in shape because of my ego. Yep, yep. You got to keep that ego in check. You got to keep that ego up at 81. Shooting you or stabbing you or blowing up your home. But I'll do all those things if I have to. <laughs> you don't have to do that, Bob. We have to, you have to do great interviews like you're doing now. That's what you have to do. Keep spreading the message of martial arts. That's what you need to yeah, do. Just yeah. be an honest man. And like you guys, we love martial arts. And yeah. the key word is back to the beginning. It's respect. That's it. Give your fellow person respect, regardless of their color or yep. their anything. Just give it to the good people, the honest people, uh, you know, all the great people on earth from Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, Mike Stone, and you guys. The truth is we should be kind. You know, I wake up every day of my life for the last 40 years. And I, when I wake up in the morning, I say, I'm be kind to an animal. Mm. I don't care if it's a crow, a bird, a squirrel, mm. a rabbit, mm. I don't care. Mm. And then I'm gonna be kind to a human being. So I think kind. Therefore, if you F with me, it's a, a whole lot of, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I click over Kind and kill like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a thin we'll line between it. Virtue go bad to get you to bring to reality. Yeah, I'm gonna be so happy. Thank you for being an asshole. <laughs> Make my day. <laughs> but I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to be kind. Want you want to be kind. It's your choice. To disrespect yeah. me, and then we'll dance and we'll see if you like. That's right. Bob's ready for a fight. Bob, it's been great talking to you. It's man. been it's amazing. Been a, it's, it's been amazing. It, it's been an honor and a pleasure speaking to a Kung Fu villain legend who I hated as a kid. But now I'm chatting to you now and you're a great guy, Bob. Bob, all the best in life. Respect. Thank, Thank you, so you very much. much. All the best to you Thanks too. Thanks for coming on. Great interview. You guys are terrific. You guys ask great questions. You've done a great job. And let's say thank you, God to the good, kind people, and fuck off to the rest. <laughs> you said it all for us. We miss all the ones that can't be about anymore. Yeah. Be kind, be honest, but most importantly, be a bad motherfucker if you have to be. You will be able to stand up for what you believe in and do what you gotta do. And I'm one of those guys. Love that, love that, Bob. Bob, thank you. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank Peace you. out, my brother. You, it's been good. Thank you. You guys do a great job. Believe Thank me. you. Thank you. Blessings to you and your family. You and too, to yours, Bob. Bob. Thank you very much. Thank you for the interview. Respect. I love anybody that promotes martial arts in a good way. And you guys are great interviewers. You've done a great job. Thank and you. you probably exposed me as being a foul-mouthed Irishman, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> but other than that, I think we did well. You know, well, we done great. Love you guys. Great. Bless Thank you both. Bless, Bless you and your families. Thank you, Bob. See you later. Bye, right, guys. Ciao. Thanks for that. Have a great day. Thank you for your time. You Thank too. You. Day. Thank you. Cheers, Bob. And remember one parting word. Never have weekends. You don't want a weak wife. You don't want a weak girlfriend. You don't want a weak interview. Have a fucking strong end. That's it. <laughs> Stay strong. I'm a strong end guy. Stay strong. Yep. Now, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that to mind. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Blessings. Ciao. Wow, mate, mate, Bob Wall, man. 
that was a that was a chat and a half. <laughs> the guy likes to chat. I'll tell you that he likes to chat. He likes to chat, man. But yeah, man, what a career he's had, man. All the celebrities that he's trained and fought with, and the movies you know, he's been in. Man. Yeah, he had nine different black belts. Nine, nine different, different. Yeah, nine different man. disciplines. Like, yeah. Big. The guy's been busy, you know, he's 81 and he's just, you know, living his life. Still going, and... still doing a little yeah. bit of training, he says, as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Live, living the good life, you know. But yeah, we're gone now. <laughs> I'm Mr. Lucas. I'm Chris. And I hope you enjoyed the show, man. We'll be back with some more Kung Fu bits um, soon. But, you know, stay tuned, as always. Till next time. Peace. You must attend the morning ritual in uniform. Outside.